Hello, hello. Hey, hello. what's up, everyone? Welcome back to our Thursday Night Live, and I'm Peter. Hi, Frankie here. Good evening to everyone. All right, and today we'll be talking about Malaysia versus US, US stocks. stocks. Yeah, this is actually quite a common question that people always ask us, yeah. right? Should I buy Malaysia stock or should I buy US stocks? Ah, wow, wow. So when you first started investing, you started investing in US stocks or Malaysia stocks? No, 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 Malaysia stocks. Malaysia stock, yeah, right? For for the last large part of my career, I also just deal with uh, Malaysia stocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, uh, I started with uh, Malaysia stock, but uh, two three years back during the MCO period, I started with uh, US stock, lah. Hmm. Yeah, but these two market. Yeah. Do you think that they are very different? Uh? It's 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 of course different. Uh. You see, Malaysia stocks. Uh, most of the businesses are Malaysian centric, right? Their business is based on the thirty million po- population in Malaysia. U.S. You look at Facebook, Google, <laughs> you know all these things. Every single part of the world is using their product, so they are a, a international kind of business. Right. So from that aspect, also the way you analyze the stocks is also different. You need to look at it from an international perspective. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, agree. I think uh, one thing when it comes to Malaysia, because our population is only about thirty over million, right? Mm. Yeah. Unless we talk about our export-based company, mm. but generally our our businesses that cater to a local population, assuming if they can sell one milk. Right, mm. one milk for one dollar. Even if the whole Malaysians, the whole all the Malaysians were to buy one milk, yeah, you know, it's only thirty million. Thirty million a day, yeah. yeah? But if the whole world buys one dollar milk, that is seven billion. You know, oh, hey, um, that's yeah, that's the difference. That, that's why there's the difference between uh, countries that are very big and countries that are small, right? Even mm. if you just look at like China, and then now you look at Indonesia, yeah, you're talking about two hundred over million in population, yeah. Yeah, and they have a rising middle income class that right. is 20% of their people are coming into middle income, yep. right? Indonesia is very vibrant, um, especially in this decade uh, during Jokowi's uh, administration. Now they're talking about shifting the capital city to uh, what? Borneo Island. That's so right. just imagine all the construction is going to happen there. That's right, right. that's that right. It's like multi-billion dollars worth of that's jobs right, up yeah. for grabs in Indonesia. Having said that, do you know that their inflation is actually pretty low? Mm. Yeah, the inflation is pretty low because the government yeah. don't... They, Correct, they have, they, have, they have plantations, they, yeah. have, they have natural resources and they all that. They are self-sustainable, Correct. so even if you don't export chicken to them, they don't care because they have enough chicken themselves. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and That's then true. Number two is that like, uh, their government also don't really take much of that. Okay, like, so to be fair, I think Southeast Asia don't really have that food crisis. I mean, it's not so serious compared to other parts of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's maybe, true. Maybe Singapore, like, because Singapore really don't have any. Kesian lah, Singapore. Yeah, yeah. So we are heading down to Singapore soon. Huh? Yeah, we are going yeah, down. By the yeah. end, end of this month, we are actually heading down to Singapore. Uh, I wonder if there's anyone here who are Singapore, uh, who are Singaporeans or you actually live in yeah. Singapore, right? Yeah, yeah then come and catch us. Yeah, come yeah. and catch us. Yeah, or maybe you're in Johor, you know, we can actually just stop by. by for a while. You know what the craziest idea that I had? What? Right? Uh, you know Singapore got this, uh, not Singapore, Johor got this, uh, the forest city, mm-hmm. the field development, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe we should go there and do a video. Oh, that's great. Apparently only 500 people live there. Correct, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Yeah, so maybe you should actually go there and do a video. Yeah, yeah. Talk about the biggest field mega project in Malaysia. Mm. 60 billion, I think. Mm, that's a lot of money. La. 
Yeah. yeah, crazy way, crazy. Mm. I think uh, that that's a topic that deserves for another day, lah. Mm, right? Correct. Yeah, probably you should do a video on there or something like that. Yeah, but anyway, anyone here? Yeah, if let's say you are in Johor or either mm. you are in a uh, uh, Singapore, you know, do hit us up on you know, mm. yeah, the between twenty six to thirtieth. 26 to 30th, yeah? yeah? Okay, so let's put up a poll among our audience right now just to ask them, do they prefer Malaysian stock or Singapore stock, oh, all yeah, right? US. Oh, yeah, yeah, US stock, yeah. <clears throat> Buy apartment in Forest City. I'm sure I'm sure the price should be quite cheap now since nobody, nobody stays there. But uh, apparently, it's a nice holiday place because you go there, it's really quiet and you have very nice view. And the hotels there are very cheap. Yeah, yeah, of course, no one will go. On. <laughs> true, true, true. <laughs> it's an island in itself, lah. Yeah, yeah like basically, you can it's go a reclaimed land. Play golf long. Yeah. yeah, and now, 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 TMJ, TMJ is saying that uh, it is not a failed project. It's actually the the new government that actually caused it to be so. Mm. Yeah. So, but anyway, that's uh, again, like we say, whole topic for another day. Let us go back to our main topic for tonight. Do you prefer US stock or Malaysia stock? And what do we think about it? Mm. Now, let's begin with the first question. Many people say this one thing. When you want to start investing the time, when you ask them US stock or Malaysia stock, they will always tell you this one thing. Invest in your circle of competence. So since you're Malaysian, maybe you will know Malaysian companies better. So why not start with Malaysia stock first? What are your thoughts on this? That was my mentality in the past. Because oh. once you start from Malaysia, from a place that you are familiar with, you know the politics, you know the economics, you know how things work, you know what can get things done, you know how contract is being given now and all that, right? Then you just need to, then from there, then you need to understand other countries' culture. Then from there, you just tweak your, form, your Malaysian formula to, to suit that different countries. Then that more or less can work already. Because ultimately, everyone is still human, right? We still have the same kind of brain, same kind of mentality, mm-hmm. and, 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 and same kind of behavior. So, yeah, Malaysia will, or not Malaysia, but your home ground. If you are Singaporean, then Singapore will be your home ground. So, your home ground market would be the best place for you to start because, that would, because nobody would know your home ground better than yourself. Right. So, today, if you were to give someone that this advice, would you? Give the exact same advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would give. That you will still same, give the exact same advice. You huh? give that same advice. Right, right. For myself, uh, I people also told me the exact same thing. Uh, I mean, the first person that I asked about stock investment was you, lah. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so bias, bias. Yeah, bias. yeah. So I already got the view from him last time. So yeah. uh, for those of you who actually didn't know about the story, uh, my stock investing journey actually started when we first graduated, and that time Frankie was already working with an investment bank. And uh, I just graduated. He was there for about a year or two. I can't recall. Uh, something like that. And then we met up in uh, Mama to have a chat one day. And then I was asking about stocks. So I was like, hey, Frankie, should I invest in stocks? Right? Uh, and, but many people say stocks is actually gambling. And I still recall very clearly. He said this one thing. Who says gambling? Buying stocks is owning a business. What? <laughs> if let's say you say it's gambling, then the guy opened the Mama shop. Also, is gambling. What? Eh, true or true, true, true. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That, that kind of gave me a like, yeah. oh yeah, very true. Yeah. So, so the point here is know what you're doing because when you know what you're doing and if you know the statistic and you control the statistic, then uh, you can safely say that you're not gambling. Uh. Yeah. yeah. So, and then the next thing is I ask him, so what do I do? Do I invest? Then uh, the time he's not teaching yet. Lah, so, uh, so his answers all very straightforward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go and read the age every day. Uh. 
then you understand already. And th- and that's exactly what I did. I read the age for the next two months. Okay. Every morning, I actually read the age. Okay. And eventually, after two months, I, I, I started understanding what, what's actually happening. Right. For, for, for you, it's a bit different because you are also involved in financial planning sector. So whatever the age, the age writes, even though you don't understand well, it. At that time, I was a HR guy, Annie. Uh, ah, okay, 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 okay. So it took me two months to actually understand what this saying. Okay, yeah. uh, but 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 the point that I was going after is that if you think the edge content is too hard to understand, actually the star is a, is <laughs> is also a good place for you to start because you don't need to know about all the financials and whatnot. Just get to know your country, what is happening in your country, right? Yeah. I think that would be well better off to understand why some stocks behave the way it is. It is because ultimately all these businesses are Malaysian business. It's based on Malaysian consumption. So if you understand what, what is happening in Malaysia, <laughs> that would give you a very good head start already. Yeah, I, th- I think today if I were to, someone were to ask me this question, I would also say start with Malaysian stock. Yeah, but the keyword is start, lah, right? Then along the way, you yeah, know, you, you graduate, then you, you graduate, move on. and then you have a diversified portfolio in different countries, right? Correct. Yeah, but starting Malaysian stock, I think one of the best benefit is that you actually understand what's actually happening around. Like if you look at Farm Fresh, mm. right? I think you will understand Farm Fresh way better than you understand Tyson. Ah, correct. Right, because Tyson is actually a big food company in US, but well, what mm. do you know about Tyson, right? Mm. And the truth is, when it comes to news, when it comes to whatever that's happening, local papers will have a lot more detailed uh, reportings about it. Yeah. yeah. Compared to like uh, Bloomberg telling you about Facebook, you know, any other stuff. It's just those big headlines. The yeah. smaller ones, you actually don't notice. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in the local sector wise, you can see, you know, you walk into a shop, like let's say you walk into Starbucks, you see them using the Farm Fresh uh, box, then you, you kind of know, right? You kind of know. Mm. Now, and then eventually, slowly you graduate from uh, that and you're understanding the export con- export oriented uh, companies and so on and so forth. And honestly, there are great companies in Malaysia. There are great companies in Malaysia. Yep. Now, let's move on to the second question that we always hear people say, right? Mm. Malaysia market, goring one. Mm-hmm. The price very easily manipulated compared to US because mm. the market cap so small. Mm. One guy got one billion can kill the company or make the company a king, but US one billion, you you can't really move uh, mm. <laughs> Apple or anything. Yeah. yeah. So what are your thoughts on this question here or this statement here? Uh, that that statement is only half right because when you say you cannot manipulate US because US is big, right? It's because you are small. <laughs> It's because you are small, right? <laughs> you're you're talking about people like what uh, Fidelity, BlackRock, all these things. Like like Warren Buffett, they can move the U.S. market because oh, yeah. their bullet is a lot bigger. Their cannon is a lot bigger than <laughs> than uh, Malaysian. But having said that, we have one secret weapon, which is EPF. EPF is the world number six largest oh, sovereign yes. fund. So EPF can also move U.S. one. Right, but, right. But just that EPF has a mandate to invest mostly in Malaysia, lah. So most of the firepower is, is, is concentrated in Malaysia. So to answer, to answer your question is that whenever you go into a new market, you need to understand the DNA of the market first. It's like if you want to study monkey, you must understand monkey's <laughs> DNA first. If you want to study fish, you must understand fish DNA first. If not, then you are just ah, then really goring. Then you just take the fish and throw in the fire. And you know. 
So right. bas- basically, what Frankie is saying is like it's like the situation on iPhone. You know, iPhone is actually not expensive. You put any, <laughs> you put any. <laughs> The yeah. problem is not iPhone expensive. The problem is you poor. Ah. I didn't say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but 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 very true, right? Mm. Uh, at the end of the day, Malaysia has EPF, and I think EPF has been really a uh, a stabilizer in the market. Mm, that is part of their role. Yeah, in, uh, they, in they have been really yeah. helping Malaysia stocks to be very stable mm. because they just you know mm. lock in their feet. They put it there, you know, and then just well, like, if you just say EPF, then the it's 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 quite a big statement to me. Like, I I would say the big funds in Malaysia yeah. generally help the market to stabilize. Huh? That's true. That's mm. true. Yeah. Now, on the other hand, right, the next part is this: when you look at the U.S. market, uh, mm. if you look S and P five hundred, mm. Dow Jones, over the past few years, they all. During the rally time, they all shot up like crazy. Mm. But Malaysia, ever since 2018, uh, mm. uh, stopped moving there, stopped there. They mm. didn't go anywhere. <laughs> hey, people, people got helicopter money. You open your mailbox inside, got $3,002. Malaysia, so, we got. So, it's, so why, why is it like that? Before they had the helicopter money, yeah, or was it purely because of helicopter? Why is Malaysia market not going up? Mm. In general, the index fund, you know, they always say if you in Mal- invest in index fund in Malaysia, forget about it, lah, uh-huh. right? So, why? Why Malaysia ever right. since 2018 don't go up? Yeah, this is when you need to take out newspaper in 2018, the star. <laughs> you, you have Gerakan, Sheraton, you have three prime ministers in I don't know how many years. You know, non-government, who holds majority, so I don't know, you know, that kind of stuff. That would deter a lot of foreign investors away. And Malaysia, you know, then because we were all playing all the healthcare stocks because of COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah. So a lot of funds were too concentrated in one sector. Right, so that was what happened during the 2018 until today period. So right now, Malaysia market, I would say that it is correcting itself. The funds are being relocated more rationally compared to the past few years. Mm. But, but having said that, I think Malaysian DNA changed a bit. Already. In the past, um, the the big bulk of trading volume comes from. Uh, a big institution. Part of the reason is because these people, they are stabilizing the market. Yep. But because of the pandemic, it has shifted so much that now retail investors become uh, a very important um, participant in the market. Mm. You know, I just to tell you a secret. In the past, right, we don't really care what the retailers are doing <laughs> because, because we, know, we know they cannot do anything. <laughs> but today, 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 the tone is very different. We will say, right. hey, this That's kind right. of stock, hey, this this kind of story is going to uh, catch a lot of retail attention. So, as a fund, how do I react to that? Yeah, because we know that when retailers come in, it will be more volatile. But we we want so therefore it's it's become more important to find the right timing to actually buy the correct or sell the correct price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we look at the Malaysia market, right? The, the tone is that you should be focusing more on individual stocks. Because generally, we, we have good companies. We have high growth company. Like, if, like for example, if you invested in Frankcan like five years ago, today you are, you are sitting a pot of gold, right? Yeah, regardless mm. of the price, whether it's up or down. You, if you invested in great tech like five years ago, no, I mean two years ago, like not five years ago, today you are again sitting on a pot of gold, mm. right? So they are great companies with great growth, but uh, you need to focus on the company. And, and that's why in Malaysia, index fund is not something very popular. 
you, you can't really just say, I'm, I'm going to take a blanket of all these and then just invest in the top 30, right? Like, oh, man, I can't return, mm. man, like that. Yeah, so that is one thing for sure. But when it comes to the US side, there are plenty of index funds. Mm. So many index funds. In fact, it is a no-brainer. You just throw money there and then nowadays there's so many index funds. I think the index fund money uh, is actually more than the actual stock market money, you know. Mm. Yeah, that this means uh, for those who understand internal workings of it, basically they just need like one-to-one. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't mean that they will buy the actual stock also sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So that's why the money that is so-called in the index fund market is so damn big, right? Sometimes I feel all these ETF exchange exchange traded funds right is being uh misused is not the word uh what is the other word of being too extreme too too exploited oh okay Uh, okay, it was it was being too exploited why i say so is that actually all these index funds right is is more suitable for people to do hedging but over the years, people have said, hey, so easy, I just buy that, that ETF which, which tracks S&P 500. Then I don't need to worry, I need to buy Apple or Google already. Man. I just buy the ETF. Inside got all this Google, Apple and uh, Facebook mm-hmm, already. Mm-hmm. So become, everyone become lazy. Lo. But they forgot that actually all these index funds, the purpose is for you to hedge against your existing position. Just to give you an example, I like Palantir, man, right? Mm. So I have been accumulating Palantir. But we all know that the market is bad. Yep, yep. But I like Palantir. So I know if I go and buy Palantir, right, the chance of losing money is quite big. Yeah. So what I would do to use the index fund to hedge my position is, I like Palantir. Uh, by the way, this is an example. Uh. I like Palantir. <laughs> not investment advice. Uh, not investment advice. Uh, so I like Palantir. I buy Palantir. But in order to protect my Palantir position, I shot, as a, uh, I shot NASDAQ. Yeah. So what I hope is that Nasdaq, if it goes down, okay, then I earn money. But because if Nasdaq goes down, means Palantir also go down. Yep, yep. So the money I earn from the yep. index fund will be able to cover the losses of yep, my Palantir. Yep. Uh, yeah. But of course, the same, the same also applies. That uh, means that if, if Palantir shoot up, chances are maybe because Nasdaq is also going up, then I'm, I'm, I'm actually losing money on my hedge. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever money I make from Palantir has to cover that. Yeah. That so that, that's, that's precisely right, right? Um, over the past few years, ETF has been made so popular in the US and everywhere all around the world is investing in ETFs, right? Index fund. And what happened is because of that as well, huh? it made a lot of US, US stocks that are in the S&P 500 overvalued. Mm, true. Yeah, true. because at first, at first what happened is that there's not so many people buying it. Mm. But because they created so many index funds, right? And you have to buy the S&P 500. And so regardless of the valuation, you just have to buy. Correct. Therefore, further pushing up the price. Yeah, to help you explain that is like, let's say for example, we all, we all are lazy investors. We just want to invest in the US. So we go buy, let us see let's say S&P 500 index fund. When you put in $100 to the fund, right? The fund needs, needs to take that $100 to, 
to build that position. So they need to go to the market and buy all these stocks. Yep. So it will push up the valuation. Correct. Yeah. And now push up the valuation, then push for up. people who hunt individual stock, lagi susah. Correct. Because when they because when they buy those funds to build that position in the ETF, right, they don't care about valuation, right? They Correct. just need to invest the money proportionately to the funds that they have. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And and that's one of the reasons why you see many of the big companies US is so overvalued. Mm. It's so overvalued. If you look at the P ratio of uh, uh, S&P 500, by average, the P ratio is about 20 to 23 like that. Somewhere around there. Oh, yeah. Is, is the number accurate? That one I don't know. Yeah, but, somewhere around there. But if it yeah. is 20 over times, then it is being valued higher than the emerging market. Yeah, yeah. it is. It is quite S&P 500. S&P 500. Yeah, yeah, average. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, if you actually look at Facebook and every other company, so constantly it's about that one. Yeah, mm. I mean, now now different a bit. Mm. Uh, now the market has come down. Mm. Yeah, uh, And that's why now it's also a great time to look at individual stocks. Mm. Ah, whether it's in Malaysia or whether it's in the US, yeah. right? Are we yeah. going to talk more tomorrow on... on mm. Yeah, on so uh, tomorrow we are going to have a webinar. Yeah, tomorrow and Saturday we'll be having a webinar from crash to cash. So in that session, we'll be sharing with you some of the ideas on how you can pick out certain stocks yeah. to actually generate profit. There'll be case studies and stuff like that and so on and so forth. Yeah. And by the early of July, we will be having a stock investing bootcamp. Yeah, for those of you who are actually totally new and you think it's the right time for you to start investing in stocks, you know, that's the time to sign up for our uh, education program. Yeah, mm. so uh, we will be running all this quite... Uh, we are going to run all this a little bit more frequent moving ahead because uh, we think it's a good time to start capitalizing and building a position in the stock market for everyone. Yeah. So, yeah. So, we are going to start doing that in yeah our next yeah. journey, right? Mm. Yeah, that's something that we're going to look at. Having said that, if you come and join and think that we're going to give stock tips, then uh, no need to sign up. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. Need, no need to sign up. Because yeah, we, we're not going to yeah, give you stock yeah, tips. Yeah. No, so, <laughs> but, okay. <laughs> Yeah, please do sign up, bring your friends, you know, whatnot. Uh, yeah, just come in. Uh. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, let us go back into US stocks versus Malaysia stock. Let's talk about the pros and cons, mm. right? What is good about Malaysia stock? Uh, so like I mentioned just now, we are Malaysian. We know Malaysia. So if let's say suddenly today, even Fidelity fund manager, the top fund manager comes to Malaysia and say, I want to Mal invest in Malaysia. Chances are you will beat him in terms of performance in Malaysia stock. Yeah. I'm quite sure about that. Okay, if provided you, you, you know how to invest. Huh? Uh, if you're going, going, just close eyes and throw that one. Uh, then, uh, that, one of course sorry, will, uh, that one, of course, he will beat yeah. you. But, but if you have simple knowledge on how to invest, like find the right stock, you know, just, just buy, 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 all these things, right? Chances are I can, I'm quite fairly confident to say that you will beat his performance. Yeah, 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 true, true. Yeah. And other than that, anything else that you can think of? The benefits of investing in Malaysia? Yeah. Oh, you're investing in ringgit, your home currency. So you don't need to worry about fluctuation of uh, Forex. Yeah, hmm. that's very true. Yeah. yeah, I think one of the things that uh, Malaysia stock, Malaysia price. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Malaysia stock, Malaysia yeah. price. Huh? Look at S&P 500, you see the price. Uh, yeah, 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 it's a you know it's a little bit high. So definitely, if you are a, a fresh grad that that doesn't really have too much, you know, yeah. maybe it may not be mm. that thing. If now, you if you can't imagine that risk, right? You just imagine yourself as an American. You came to Malaysia to invest in Malaysian stock when ringgit was three three ringgit per US dollar. Mm. Today is four forty four fifty. You are losing one dollar and fifty yeah, cent yeah. on yeah. every dollar you invest, regardless what is the 
what is the share price performance. Yeah. And another thing that I like about investing in Malaysia stock is that the timing. Yeah. <laughs> it is our Malaysia time. So, uh, Malaysia, correct. Yeah, you don't have to stay up late at night. You know, you don't have to... Uh, I think it's easier to find information as well compared to US stocks. But certainly after a while, when you are very familiar with it, you know where to find information and stuff, then it doesn't really make too much of difference, right? That's mm. on one end there. Now, let's look at the other side. When US stock, what in, in your opinion, what's so good about US stocks? Okay, so I want to uh, challenge one of your points over there. Um, actually, US stocks are or at least for me, it's easier to find information compared to Malaysian stocks because um, everything is published, very mm. transparent. Malaysia, mm, yeah, they will, they will report things that are required by the regulators. Anything that is extra, they will keep to themselves. Uh. True, true, true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, actually, if you look at like, uh, like if you look at those quarterly filings between different, uh, yep. in, for all the big tech companies, uh, and you look at Malaysia's one, uh, you see a lot of difference in the way that they report their stuff. Correct. One is so much more informed. Yeah, the other one is like, uh, okay, what are you trying to tell me? Okay. Uh, okay. One, one very, very obvious example I can give uh, is that every time quarterly result comes out, right? You go to US companies IR page, right? Uh, investor relation page, right? They have all the recordings on. Uh, yep. And all the recordings will include what questions that the fund manager asked the company. That's right. And their reply raw. That's right. Unfiltered. That's right. Malaysia, those content are not even available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. cannot find it. Very hard to find. Yeah. So tomorrow and for our next sessions and stuff like that, we are going to also talk about US stock. So if you're wondering, like, are you going to learn about US stock and Malaysia stock? Yes, you're going to learn about both. Yeah. We're going to teach you both. Uh, so that's what we'll be sharing. Basically, just to let you feel the market. So you have a, yes. you have a yeah. grasp of what's happening. Now, let us go back into it. Malaysia stock and US stock, right? Mm. If let's say today you were to invest in these two markets, mm. how will you do it? Like what kind of stock will you look at in US? What kind of stock will you look at in Malaysia? Uh, okay, then that has, that, uh, this, this question is, is a bit broad. So, uh, but I would go this way because now the world is not a safe place, right? Okay. So I would start from looking at the world from the moon, right? Ooh, so, oh, okay. so from the moon, then it's like, oh, you see the earth here, here got fire, here got war, here got, here got inflation, people are dying, blah, 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 all those things. So how, how is the world working today? What is the new world order today? Uh, and then because of that bird's eye view from the moon, so right now, um, my, my opinion would be to zoom out your investment to zoom out means that you go out from Malaysia. Lah. So you go from an international perspective and the market that is most international is of course the US. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I think one of the things that if you actually look at US stocks is very driven by international happenings, international news. Mm. In fact, Malaysia stock or either individual country stock is, is actually looking at US to respond. Mm. Yeah. When, it re when, when the international event affect US, then... L local individual smaller markets will look at the US and respond accordingly. Mm. Yeah, so that is generally how it works, right? Now, and in your perspective right now, the things that are driving the market is at an international level. That's actually Correct. what Frankie is saying. And so the thing that's driving the world right now, taking a headline, is not whether 
Ismail uh, Sabri is going to be the prime minister. Prime minister. No, 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 nobody cares. Nobody cares, <laughs> right? Yeah, what people care actually is that few things, right? Russian, UK, uh, Ukraine war, yeah. right? Whether the we got food on table or not tomorrow. Global food crisis, Correct. right? Yeah, yeah, these are the yeah. items that are really that are hot in the market, yeah. right? How much so, petrol is tomorrow? You know. Yeah. Right. Well, so in that sense, ah. Malaysia is quite sheltered. Because government give us subsidy, so yes. so you are still pumping two ringgit and five cent per liter for Ron ninety five. But I have friends who who their cars right can only pump Ron one hundred one. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So their one full tank is like your credit card must swipe two times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because one time limit two hundred only. Right. There's this there's this guy who actually drives a Merc. Mm. Then after he 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 revealed to a journal journalist, then he said that he stopped pumping Ron ninety seven for his uh Mercedes. Then now he have to switch back to round nine five. But his car will go yeah. Uh, yellow, yeah, yeah, So he feel very sad, mm. So then people started commenting. Some say like, ah, oh, yeah, cannot afford the petrol. Then shouldn't drive in a car, mm. you know, and stuff like that. Uh, here and there, lah. I think you know, good comment, bad comment. Yeah, yeah. yeah never know, right? Yeah, yeah. But talking about it right now, right? Mm. Now, oil price is so damn high, right? Mm. Yeah, oil price right now is so damn high, mm. and. Just now you were just telling me how much does it, how much is one liter of petrol in UK right now? Huh, you were saying. Oh, so I was reading this uh, news article. Uh, one full tank for a family car in the UK now. Don't even need to talk about conversion. Just the number only is one hundred and twenty-five USD. Ah, uh, one hundred and twenty-five US dollar for a typical family car. My God! Imagine ah, uh, you're gonna drive your Honda City. Right, mm. you pump petrol sixty bucks. Yeah, you're in UK. You pump hundred twenty five. That's like four, four hundred, five hundred, five, five, five six hundred ringgit. That's five six hundred ringgit. Ah. oh my god, that's uh-huh. crazy. Right? Yeah, that is so crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you just do part time job in UK right now, I think you cannot afford to pump petrol anymore. Yeah, yeah. I think I think now in US and UK, all those it's like really, really bad. Okay, which yeah. leads to the next point. If petrol is so expensive, of course people will will travel less. Activities will be slower, so the whole economy is going to slow down. But oil price keeps going up, and to tackle this inflation, interest rate needs to continue to go up. In fact, yep. uh, today is the European Central Bank's decision to see whether they want to increase interest rate or not, and the market is is already reacting as we speak. European markets are all down because they expect interest rate yep. to go up. So interest rates go up, inflation go up, stagflation. Stagflation, that's right. And you think this is just Europe problem? No, no, no. This is going to affect the entire world, right? And entire world means Malaysia will also kena indirectly one. How? I don't know yet, but maybe tomorrow we can discuss further. Yeah. So if you actually look at it right now, right, in the global market, there's this huge problem, right? Uh how long do you think this is going to last? So many people are saying that uh, this is like the 1930s recession, you know, and stuff like that. It's going to be a big recession. And if it really does happen, uh, you can expect at least 12 to 18 months of hmm. like that, lah, you know, 12 to 18 months, things are not going to be good, lah, right? So, uh, and after that, then things will slowly recover, right, in that sense. Now, so good news, bad news. The good news is, for those of you who do not have one million bucks in your account sitting down right now, means that you have time to slowly accumulate. Mm. Yeah, you have time to slowly accumulate your bullets. So actually, it's good for us. 
as average investors who mm. don't have access to large pile of cash, right? Mm. It gives you time to dollar cost average. It gives you time to time the market to save up money and so on. But if let's say uh, on the bad side of things is that during this period of time, things are a little bit uncertain and it's going to be tough. Yeah, so I think all of you have already experienced food prices increasing. The other day we went to a mama, right? We were just asking the mama guy. He was just telling us that the roti by next month is going to go up to about two ringgit. Mm. Roti kosong. Two ringgit, bro. Mm. And I heard that now the US is really bad as well because their food prices also went up by consumer price index 8.9 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. hey, means, uh, think about it, uh, if consumer price index show you 8.9, it uh, means when they go and buy food, uh, it's going to be way more than 8.9. No, Malaysia consumer price index is only 3 to 4, no. Mm. Yeah, so I really don't know how they're going to sustain. Uh. Yeah, so it's going to be really, really, really bad. Yeah, maybe we should actually open a restaurant, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Money Restaurant, Bistro. The, the, the deal is we won't increase price. Yeah. Ah, you want a, a uh, crop uh, fund? Uh? Social experiment. Yeah, social experiment. Because the other day we were telling the mama guy, we yeah. say like, why not you don't increase your price and you put a very big signboard there and say, my roti is the cheapest. Mm. 120 or either one ringgit, right? Mm. We never increase price. I bet there'll be more people coming to your shop. Yeah. Yeah, mana ada orang, mana mana boleh serve, you know, everything all. And I'm just thinking to myself, you know, your bloody one guni of sack of wheat uh, probably increased price by how much? Yeah, la, I know it increased by a lot, la, but that guni can make how many more roti canai through? Mm. So actually, 50 cent increase, uh, you are 100% earning, you know. Mm. You're actually earning even more than previously. And it's not like you're going to drop the price later when the wheat price drop, right? When wheat price drop, they will still maintain two ringgit. And then if let's say it goes back by just 10%, still below the last peak, way below the last peak, they are still going to increase your price one more time. Right? Mm. Yeah, so maybe food business is actually the better better business. Uh. Mr. Money TV, Mr. Money, Money. and the Fuck Show uh, restaurant. Yeah, Malaysia, love Malaysia. And then uh, it'll be... <laughs> Never increase price. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> okay, okay. Divert topic. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Let's go back to the thing. Now, uh, personally, another perspective that I like to look at the US and Malaysia is this. I personally like to look at US tech stock because mm. for me personally, if I were to look at a tech stock, I look at the US stock, I want to look at a company that has an international business, which is the DNA of US, US companies, right? Why should I be looking at a company that only provides to a local market? Mm. Because if I were to look at a business that only provides to local market in the US, then as well I look at a Malaysia company that provides to Malaysia or even better look at an uh, 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 Indonesia company, right? Yeah, because mm. it's going to provide me pretty much the same kind of things. Mm. Yeah, I mean, albeit bigger population and so on. But number two also, you may not get that much information about that company. So if I were to look at US stocks, I want to look at bigger companies. Yeah, and, and they have a lot of bigger companies other than the few big names that you know, right? Yeah, so that is one thing that I'll look at the US in that sense. Yeah, but That's, if I were to look at Malaysia companies, I personally would look at uh, more basic stuff. Mm. Yeah, more value investing and uh, also definitely tech, yeah, because why? Generally, Malaysia, our biggest export is tech. Yeah, for those of you who don't know. Tech, furniture, plantation, oil and gas. This yeah. Thing, yeah, so this is still our biggest thing, right? So I will look at Malaysia in that sense. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. I'll look at smaller business. Mm. Yeah. 
Okay, so what I wanted to say is that so from a foreigner perspective, it's also the same. So if a foreigner comes to Malaysia, of course, it's the same. The first thing they look at is the biggest companies. Because what for they look at the small companies, I will not be able to know those companies better than you. But if you're a big business, you have international presence and all that, then at least I have a feel of, oh, if, if CPO price going up, oh, then okay, then you will make money. So therefore, I can, I can take on that kind of appetite. But if they, you, they, you ask them like, what is ABC Berhad doing in Malaysia? Uh, never mind, lah, I would rather go and buy Walmart or, or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. yeah, that's very true. So, so personally, when I look at Malaysian company, I'll try to look at like, uh, what do you call it? Small, medium cap. Mm. I usually won't look at big cap unless bank lah, right? Then nothing say law. You have to look at them law, right? All the banks are mostly big cap man. Mm. So, uh, small medium cap is what I will look at when I look at a Malaysian company. Things that have huge potential of growing. Things that we have access to information on. Things the information are more exclusive to a local community and can give me much more return. But if I were to invest in U.S. stocks, uh, it will be those big companies. Why? Because generally, what am I looking at is I'm trying to invest in the best company out of the whole S&P 500 so that I can beat that index. That is the general case that I'm trying to look at, right? Now, on the other hand, another one more kind of stocks that I'll invest in Malaysia that I think is good is actually dividend-based stocks. Because if you look at dividend stock in the U.S., very sad, huh? <laughs> You know why I'm very sad or not? Because US interest rate is zero. Correct. So anything above zero is good already. So what for they give you so much interest? That's right. So if you look at an income investing perspective, you should actually be looking at Malaysia stock. Ah, now I probably give you the meat, right? On like, yeah. why, you know, why still invest in Malaysia stock, right? Because income and income investing is very important, especially during this kind of period of time. Just, just take a look at what Warren Buffett invested. Recently, he's always focusing on company that can give good dividend. Mm. Yeah, because dividend is what's going to brace you through to this recession period. Yeah, whether is it going to be 12 months, 18 months, or maybe make it longer, 24 months, right? Yeah, dividend is what's going to push you through. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be the cushion, yeah, which we are going to talk about a lot more uh, during like yeah. our... Yeah. Tomorrow, the day after. Yeah, and then in the our SIB, class and yeah. that kind of things. Yeah. Like. yeah. So that's generally the case. But what about you personally? Any thoughts on that? On what? Like uh, what kind of stocks will you invest in when it comes to US market? And what kind of stocks will you invest in when it comes to Malaysia market? Mm, because I have my eyes on the market. So um, I can stomach higher risk compared to you. So yes, I would have some dividend stocks, but those dividend stocks will just give me that cushion only. So once I feel that my cushion, okay, my cushion comfortable enough already, okay, fine. It doesn't need to be too thick. So I can use the extra money to actually go for higher risk stuff. Huh? So higher risk stuff are mostly growth stocks and growth stocks, we all know that they need money to grow. So they got no money to pay you dividend. So usually these kind of riskier stocks, they don't pay dividends. Yeah, yeah, that's one of your favorite right now is Palantir, right? Uh, correct. Uh, so correct. tomorrow we'll be having a short case study on Palantir as well. Yeah, tomorrow and Saturday lah. Yeah, so uh, do join us. Yeah, uh, don't miss it. Yeah, so we'll be doing a case study on one Malaysian stock and one US, US stock. stock. Yeah, so we'll be doing two case study in that sense. So, yeah, yeah uh, but remember, it's not an investment advice. Uh, yeah, just want to show you the contrast so you all can see, oh, it's like that one, it's like that one. Yeah. So, so, so where's my risk? So if my risk is here, then you go here. Lah. Yeah. Uh, so that is our objective for uh, tomorrow. Yeah. And also what goes into evaluating the stock. Lah. Yeah. yeah, for those of you who you know want to learn more about it. Now, uh, going back to that, right? 
when we when we actually look at current market, right, everything is going to be going down. How low do you think the market will go? Got crystal ball. <laughs> no crystal ball, very hard to tell. But, uh, you know, like we already discussed, you know, things are looking quite bad and it, it doesn't look like the things that the central bankers are trying to do, it's helping. So I think it's going to get a lot worse. Uh, if, if, if you guys followed our live uh, in the past month or so, I've already said that probably June will be a more stable month. Uh, okay, so now I want to um, modify my my um, opinion a bit. So, yes, it will be a little more stable compared to the past because since January until today, we have experienced very, very volatile market condition. And after that four or five months of volatility, I guess investors are taking a break today. But looking at things looking at the rate that the things are going, let's say for example, oil price is 122, right? Um, coal prices is still very high. It's still like, if I'm not mistaken, it's uh, 400 over bucks. Um, so inflation is very high. Interest rate is very high. So I think when investors starts to realize that, okay, I think the market has rebounded enough, huh, I think that is the next wave of downtrend coming. Yeah, yeah. So I personally also think that the market will continue to go down a little bit further. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm able to show the charts. Mm, you're not connected though. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't show the charts, right? Yeah. Uh, but basically, if you actually take a look at the current S&P uh, chart, right? You can actually draw, a, what do you call that? A <coughs> support line, yeah? And what happened is that if you look at between 1st of January, January uh, in 2022, it was the peak. And then subsequently, it dropped. And then after that, it shot up again into the next rebound, which was in 4th of April time during that week. And it went to a lower high. Yeah, it went to a lower high. So it's kind of like a higher mountain and then another smaller mountain. And now it's continuing going down, right? And basically, I would say that the trend will continue on. Yeah, it looks like it is going to be a bear, la, right? It's going to continue. It is already bear, but it's, yeah, just, it's already bear. It's, yeah. it will continue. It's just going to be continuously bearish. Yeah. Mm. And because we still have those big factors in the market right now that's affecting the market, which is uh, Ukrainian Russian war, you know, and who knows, maybe China say something, right? When I attack Taiwan, you know, whatnot. Yeah. Oh, China, then, China give warning that day already. <laughs> China say, if you sanction China, I'm going to take Taiwan immediately because I want to control TSMC. See? So all things are happening all at one shot uh, and it's quite scary. I would say it's very scary. Mm. And the global food crisis is a very real problem right now. Yeah. yeah. Many countries are actually affected. Yeah, we are still quite lucky. We are not so bad yet, but it is it is really, really happening. And global supply chain, you know, China is like slowly opening up, but not exactly at the pace that that is helping out the market as well. So pretty scary at this point. Yeah, mm. pretty scary at this point. It is kind of like stepping on very thin ice at this moment. And if you look at all this, right, what will happen is that it's going to, if there's any changes in the situation right now, the first market that gets affected will be US market. Yeah. So that's why Frankie in the early of this, he said that now is the time to actually look at the international side. Mm. Yeah. To actually go global. Right. Now, 
And after that, when all these are settled, then the attention will go back to the more local markets and like, you know, talk about it, look at it and so on. Yeah. So that is something that you can consider. And uh, But again, don't take this as an investment advice. We are not telling you to invest in any areas. We are just talking about our perspective on things, right? Mm. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the conclusion of it, right? Uh, before we wrap up tonight and then we go into a Q&A session, yeah? Anything that you want to just highlight or... Yeah, I just want to clarify that 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 international strategy is just my strategy, right? If if you want to start from Malaysia, there there are there are great Malaysian businesses that are not affected by the war or or what's going on in the world. One, for example, telco stocks, right? What is Ukrainian war got to do with my Maxis, <laughs> Maxis line? Is no no correlation at all. So all these things will not be affected. So if you think that oh, I just want to focus fully on Malaysian stock because of whatever reasons, then just look for Malaysian-centric kind of businesses to invest on. Yeah, I, I wouldn't yeah. look at Telco, lah, but I'll look at, I'll look at uh, Farm Fresh, uh, I'll look yeah. at milk, yeah. food beverage, right? Yeah, stuff like that still goes on, right? Yeah, and, and what happens is that this kind of company can also pass on the cost, hmm. which is a good thing, right? So, uh, conclusion. Conclusion, in our opinion here is this, uh, when it comes to US stock and Malaysia stock, both has its benefit. But if let's say you're a very, very lazy investor, you really don't bother, you just want to invest in ETF, then definitely US ETF does perform much better because it already has a whole ready ecosystem to continuously push the price up as well. Yeah, imagine one more new ETF fund come up, then it's going to buy more S&P 500, it's going to push up the price again. So definitely it's much better. Yeah. But if you were to look at individual stocks, then I would say growth stocks, high growth stocks in the US does play a very great role, right? And I would personally choose companies that have international clients, yeah, or very, very big kind of thing rather than like uh, selling to consumer, like just consumer, like for example, Peloton, right? Mm. Yeah, they're only selling to uh, mostly their local people, right? Then ah, I have some reservations, right? Mm. Yeah, but when it comes to bigger markets that they can actually penetrate in the international level, uh, those are the kind of things that I'll be looking at, right? Now, on the other hand, then uh, in the Malaysia side-wise, uh, I personally would prefer dividend stocks in Malaysia, yeah, because the interest rate is higher here and then we have a better dividend rate, yeah? And on the other hand, is also to look at companies that, uh, again, at a small, medium side. Because one more reason why the big cap, I don't really look at it, is many of them are GLC conglomerates. Uh. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's also something that I... Mm. Yeah. So personally, these are some of my thoughts uh, on this. Any mm. thoughts to end this? Well, if you if you follow this path and improve your knowledge, right, you will come to a point, right, you will see the whole earth as one market, right, you know. Then 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 it will be like, okay, for mining, I go Australia. For tech, I go US. If I want consumer, I go China. So That's right. so it will it will go towards that direction when yeah. yeah. So I think one thing good about it is that when you learn how to evaluate a stock, right? When you learn how to understand business you learn how to evaluate stock. This skill is actually a transferable skill set. It can go into anywhere. 
Mm. Now I would say that, like in our last session, we actually even talk that talk about like how how understanding stocks will even help you to evaluate cryptocurrencies and NFTs and so on and so forth, right?、Mm. So one very important thing is to learn up the basics about how to actually evaluate stocks, right? You can actually learn it anywhere today. The internet is free. I mean, there are certain things, there are classes and all. Like even us, we have classes, right?、Uh, but you want you can learn for free. There's books that you can pick up, right? Yeah, you can just go buy Intelligent Investor and then buy a few more other books to learn up and then read up and then figure it out, right? There's plenty of plenty of resources online that helps you to learn today. So there is no reason for you not to learn, and I think that it is actually the best time for you to start learning because if really it's gonna be a bad recession, it will be your once in a lifetime opportunity. Oh yeah! If it, not, if not, you wait another yeah twenty thirty correct years because the last taxation was in nineteen seventy. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So if you actually see right, millionaires are actually really built during this period of time, especially millionaire investors.、Mm. Yeah. The more cycles they go through and they make wise decision in every single cycle, that is when they become so rich. In fact, Warren Buffett was known to say this one thing, right? I hope there's more recession.、Mm. Yeah. You see, the last two years he didn't buy.、Mm. <coughs> He didn't even buy. He just wait. He keeps saying everything very expensive, very expensive, very expensive, very expensive. Hey,、mm. he didn't buy. And now recession suddenly come up, boom, fifty billion、mm. straight away, just within one quarter more than he ever spent in a two two o eight. Now we are coming out of a video next week. Uh, that's on what Warren Buffett bought during this period of time. Uh, if you wanna. Check out that video. It's gonna come out next week. So what you can do is that turn on the notification to our channel so that when the new video comes up, you will receive an update and notification. All right? Yeah. So that is the thing. So please click subscribe, like, you know, share, you know, whatnot, like that kind of stuff, like,、mm. right? Yeah.、Mm. Take care. Good night. See ya. All right. Good night.